In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The cross of Christ is brought out into the middle of the church, in between the two services, Orthros and Liturgy, in the middle of the church property, in the middle of this state, this country, this continent, the world, in the middle of the universe, and the created cosmos. The cross is brought out in the middle of it all, and while everything moves, the cross stands firm. The cross stands still. The precious and all-holy cross of Christ. It's the most perfect and clear like symbol. As long as you understand that symbol is attached to the reality it represents. The reason we will kiss the cross and bow down before it, because it's connected to the reality it represents. It's the most complete sign of the love of the most holy God for us. Like, it's, it's everything. And while it's been planted in the middle of the church, in the middle of our campus, and all that other stuff I said, the state, and this country, and the continent, and on and on, it has to be planted in the middle of our lives, the middle of our hearts, like right through the middle of us, right in the soul of us, like right in the middle of us. We're halfway through Lent, speaking of halfway in between things. We're halfway through Lent, and we worship the precious cross of our sweetest Lord Jesus. We venerate the cross, as Elder Simeon Craigiopoulos says, but there's always flowers. You know, it's not just the cross. It's that the cross is life-giving. The cross isn't empty and plain, although it's a really plain wooden cross. The cross isn't empty and plain. There's something really sweet about the cross, joyous about the cross. It's not coincidental that Christ felt pain and sorrow and gave his blood in the midst of all that pain and sorrow emerged the salvation of mankind. You know, just complete joy. Whatever the Lord does, whatever he happens to be doing is for our salvation, always. And for even, we can go and further or complete with that and say, and also for our joy. It doesn't always feel like that. It doesn't always feel like whatever the Lord's doing is just for our salvation and joy. It sometimes feels like what the Lord's up to is hurts a lot. Here, kind of full stop. So the church has planted the cross in the middle of Great Lent to strengthen us, to help us, to lift us up, to make us strive and be ready for the passage from earth to heaven and to be strengthened to complete the course of the fast. So for those of us who have not yet begun, somehow we got halfway through Lent and sort of woke up going, oh my gosh, we're halfway through Lent, I've missed all the services. I haven't really started the fasting. I'm not praying anymore. The cross has come out to say, gather under the shade, be refreshed, and then get going. For those of us who have fasted, we are not eating, we're praying all the time, we haven't missed a service, we're worn down. We're just kind of maybe a little sick of it or something. The cross is brought out, and the message is, gather under the shade of the cross be refreshed, keep going. In the gospel, we, we hear that we need to be concerned with taking up our cross. 
exerting ourselves to offer living worship in the spirit and truth to God. And we worship the one who first offered himself to us. We have to offer ourselves to the one who's already offered himself to us. Himself to us. At the culmination of Lent, the events we'll commemorate during Holy Week, we'll worship our great and awesome God, just terrible, like what we see there, taking the form of a servant, becoming obedient to the Father, even unto death, death on a cross. And our best ch chance to comprehend this is partaking of our own cross, gathering it and marching. We need to carry our cross. And what is our cross exactly? I think it's a good question. You know, take up your cross and follow me. Like, what is that? What is, what is it, you know? Like, what is the cross? Our cross is a whole bunch of things. <laughs> Sorrows and suffering in this earthly life, for sure. No matter the weight, everyone has something they're carrying. It's fasting and vigils and prayer and pious ascetical labors. It's all the effort we make in the Christian life, corresponding to our own strength. That's the cross. Our cross is our sinful infirmities and passions. And some of these things we're born with, some of these things have just happened to us on the road of life. Like, that's just life. And we have to bear these things. Our cross that we carry will be vain and barren if it's not connected to Christ, his cross, and even transformed into his cross by our following Jesus. That's what this is about. Like, and that's what's at stake. You know, we have these burdens, we have sin, we're confessing our sins, we're, we're trying to like, you know, do the right thing and all of this, and we still have this burden we carry. And the Lord says, follow me. Pick up your cross, follow me. The more we feel that pain and sorrow for sin, the more we'll encounter joy. That's why we always say, like, go for it in Lent, because when Pascha rolls around, it's like, wow. You know, it's incredible. We need to adopt the right stance, accepting whatever cross the Lord has allowed us to have. We struggle and we try to get rid of our cross sometimes, try to lighten it up, you know, cut it in half or something. But today is the acceptable day. Today is the day of salvation where we pick up our cross and we follow the Lord. Whatever the cross is, the church inspires us today to make a new beginning right here in the middle of Lent, in the middle of our hearts. So for all of us, wherever we are, however we got here, whatever we're facing, the difficulties we have, the Lord is saying, it's, it's late, but it's not too late. <laughs> it might be later than you think, but it's not too late. So in the gospel, the Lord says, whoever will come after me, let him deny himself, like renounce himself. Renounce the old man, the old ways, the sin that we've carried along and all of that stuff been entangled by. Renounce it. Deny it. Deny yourself. Deny your comfort. You know, a lot of us get hung up on wanting just comfort as the main thing. From morning till night, I want to be comfortable. And the Lord is saying, follow me. 
And if you were to like just do a quick review of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John and ask the disciples, comfortable? You know? Every one of them would be like, well, you know. Even just reading through like the Acts of the Apostles, you know? The beatings and the imprisonments, you know? The New Testament is like one long pain for those who follow Jesus. We might have in our minds, we follow Jesus. Comfort, comfort, luxury, easy. Nobody gets sick. There are no problems. All we get is pay raises and more vacation days, you know? <laughs> we have to renounce that. We have to deny ourselves. We have to even put away even that desire for comfort. Take up our cross and follow the Lord. Soon after that awesome word, he'll add this. Whoever, therefore, shall be ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him also the Son of Man will be ashamed when he comes in glory of his Father with the holy angels. If we're ashamed to go against the current of this world and bear the marks of the cross on ourselves, even I would go so far as to say the call is to martyrdom for the sake of his name, we will not have that distinctive mark of Christianity on ourselves. We'll just be like the world, period. We have to go against this adulterous and sinful generation. That generation didn't end like, you know, A.D. 40. This is the generation we're in. This is the generation we're in. And the call is to not be ashamed of Christ in the middle of it. So we need to endure the trials and temptations and crucify our minds and hearts by the commandments and become friends of Christ, right? And his cross, of Christ and his cross, you know? And then we'll be heirs of the resurrection. The opposite of this is found when we only seek the ease of the world's goods and success. The joy of this world belongs to things that pass away. The joy of this world belongs to things that pass away. But its pleasures only bring about spiritual death for us. The attraction of the fiery love of Christ also brings death as well. But it's a life-giving death. It's death to the world. It's death to, to its desires. So we're, death is coming. <laughs> death, is, death is coming. It wasn't meant to be. That's not natural. It's not supposed to be part of our life in this world. We're supposed to just live forever with the Lord. Sin brought death, you know, and death we have to go through. Forgive me, you know, we're, we're praying Trusagi in prayers today for Emil Skosipic who fell asleep in the Lord last night. A beautiful death. Incredible. More of that later. And when I say it's later than you think, but it's not too late to start up, to make that change, you know, to give ourselves fully to Christ, to bow down before the cross. Whatever cross the Lord has given us, pick it up and follow him. Instead of denying the cross, deny yourself. Don't deny the cross the Lord has given you to take, even if it feels unfair. Because whatever the Lord does for us, 
Whatever the Lord has given us is for our salvation and those with us. That's it. Not because we've, whatever, need to earn his love or we've messed up or whatever. Everyone has a cross. He says, follow me. So the cross is brought out here in the middle of Lent. That's the way God will shed his light and show us his will and open a path to the kingdom. It, that's what's at stake. He'll open a path for us to the kingdom. Whoever bears the cross is led into the promised land and the gates of heaven are open to us. We have to see our spiritual poverty. We have to confess our sins. We have to beg the Lord, turning to him for help. And he is with us. We don't beg him because we think he won't hear us or that he doesn't want to be with us. But we can't help but fall down before the Lord and say, don't leave me. And he goes, I won't. You know, he's the father of the prodigal son. But we still come before and we like the prodigal son say, Father, forgive me. I've sinned before heaven and before you. I'm not worthy to be called your son. Take me back as a servant. We got to tear ourselves away from this world and the spirit of God will lead us into the kingdom. That is a blessed moment of spiritual rebirth. Again, that's what's at stake. That's what's at stake. Confess your sins, be born again in the Spirit of God, humble yourself and become all flame. That's the call. And it can't, you just can't do that holding on to the world at the same time. You can't like become all flame holding on to like everything. The Lord is good. The Lord has revealed himself to us nowhere more fully than on the cross. So the cross is brought out right here in the middle just to like refresh us, you know, to give us like a deep breath. So come to the cross, come to the fountain of life, die to yourself and to this world. He says there's some standing here who will not taste death before they see the kingdom of God come with power. I'm not even fully sure what that means, but it sounds really, really, really good. <laughs> there are some standing here who will not taste death before they see the kingdom of God come with power. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit.